Please be seated. Good morning. I appreciate this invitation to be in worship with you this morning. Um, in my church tradition, as an invited guest, we normally take 15 or 20 minutes to say thank you and I'm glad to be here. I understand I'll use up all my preaching time if I was to do that. Just know that I'm very grateful for this time to be in worship with you. Let us pray. Help us, O oh God, to go and do where you send us and for the purpose that you send us. Even when our fear is very much felt throughout our bodies. May it not cancel, we pray, that to which you have called us. And may we trust, O oh God, that you are with us And that you will show us possibilities beyond what we can even imagine. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Jesus called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. With power and authority, they were sent out. But they needed more. They needed to give themselves to the need for the possibilities of hospitality. And so Jesus says to them, take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, not even an extra tunic, no credit card, no cell phone, Rely on others. Community awaits you. Depend on it. Allow it to work. Give hospitality a chance to express itself. This understanding of giving hospitality the chance to express itself in community was something I sought as soon as I moved to Atlanta 
It was my first time to be a homeowner. And um, knowing the responsibilities of being a homeowner, that I would need uh, all of the various uh, implements to take care of the house and the yard, there were some decisions that I made. One was, I knew it was important for me to keep the lawn looking nice and that I should have a, a grass spreader, but I decided I only use a grass spreader once a year, so I'm going to rely on my neighbor's grass spreader. I'm not spending my money to buy a grass spreader when my neighbor has a grass spreader. This is my chance to give my neighbor the opportunity to act like a neighbor. <laughs> and the same was true with the ladder. I only go up on the roof once a year to clean leaves. Why would I buy a ladder when there are so many neighbors in my community that have ladders? I'm going to give my neighbor the opportunity to act neighborly. The grass spreader and the ladder was always there, but there was always something more that happened when I went to ask a neighbor for them. This was not a five-minute ask. This was hearing what was going on in family, telling what was going on in family, what was going on in neighborhood, connecting, laughter, sorrow. It was creating community, giving myself to community. And this is our task, to trust it, <clears throat> to not just see community as a place of um, danger, nor a place that's somehow or another going to reward us but to enter community with the understanding that there are dynamics of community that are to be honored, but we must at times be host and at times be guest. And so Jesus says to them with this understanding that they must give themselves to the possibilities of community, he says to them, whatever house you enter, stay there and leave from there. Accept the hospitality that is extended to you. Don't reject such gifts of care. In the home where you find yourself, don't be looking around and thinking there are softer beds elsewhere. Stay there. In the food that is before you, do not think this cuisine is not good enough. Eat it. Avoid rejecting the care of others. This is your sustenance. This is enough for you. Rely on others, but don't lose yourself to others. You are given a mission to fulfill. And so, Jesus says, wherever they do not welcome you, as you are leaving that town, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Or as Clarence Jordan, the New Testament scholar and one of the founders of Koinonia, uh, said to them in his patchwork gospel, he writes it this way, wherever they do not welcome you, if no one will invite you, leave that city without so much as a particle of dust from it clinging to your feet. 
as evidence to them that you've taken nothing of theirs. You know, there's always something that you can do in what seems to be impossible situations. You can leave. Don't get so absorbed in being accepted by others that you lose the purpose of your journey, of the reason you've been sent. And this is one of our major challenges in many settings that we find ourselves so often wanting people to like us for what we do that somehow or another that becomes the primary criterion as to whether or not we will do that. As some of you know, that when you get engaged in working in recreating community and caring and fulfilling the call that God has upon you, there are a lot of people who don't like you for a lot of different reasons. Some you know, some you don't know. But if that becomes the criterion for service, appreciation and thank yous, we are failing our mission. The scriptures say to us that they departed and went through the villages, bringing the good news and curing diseases everywhere. And on their return, the apostles told Jesus all they had done. There's no mention of any of them being lost. And although there's nothing in the text about having perhaps not found a place to sleep or not having a meal, the testimony that is in the scriptures say they all returned. But Herod, the ruler, heard about all that had taken place, and Herod was perplexed. Rumors of the dead bringing vitality to the community. John, whom Herod had beheaded, and that's probably one of the most effective ways to be sure to get rid of a prophet, but here was the rumor. Elijah and one of the ancient prophets. Official power and authority. Herod. Official power and authority. Fails to understand the excitement of transformation. And sadly, to be honest, we don't understand it. Do you really believe this, I, I don't mean do you believe it as a narrative of the scripture, but, but do you believe it as one who is called out trusting God? Trusting God beyond your own resources. Do we really believe it? I know we feel like we ought to believe it, but do we really believe it? Does the church believe it? Jesus continues with the 12, and crowds follow. And he teaches about the realm of God, and he heals. And the 12 come to him with a sensitivity about the needs of the people. And they say to Jesus, send the crowd away so that they may go to surrounding villages and countryside to lodge and eat for we are in a deserted place. And Jesus responds, you give them something to eat. 
They looked over the 5,000 people. They looked at their five loaves and two fish, or as Clarence Jordan says in his Cotton Patch version of the gospel, at their five crackers and two sardines. We aren't able to feed them unless we go and buy food for all these people. There's not even a big enough treasury to buy what is needed for all these people, 5,000. We aren't able, lack of power. We aren't able, scarcity. Not enough. And now we have the only miracle that is found in our all four Gospels. Jesus takes what they have. He looks up to heaven. He blesses and divides and gives to the disciples for them to serve the people. And all ate and were satisfied. And there was even more than could be eaten. In Jesus ascending forth, the disciples were without. And the community served them. And then in, in this narrative of the feeding of the 5,000, it's the community that is without. And the disciples serve the community. It's, it's a fascinating reversal in the text right there together. In both, however, it is God who provides through the provisions of the community and through the five loaves and the two fish. God is the source of sustenance. God is performing the miracles. The care given to the disciples in their ministry, when they are on the road, when they are in a strange place, when they are away from home, is as much a mystery and a miracle as the feeding of the 5,000. For sometimes, it's the abundance of the community that people refuse to give because even in their abundance, there's this feeling that I do not have enough. I do not have enough storehouses for the abundance that I have. Maybe if I build two or three more storehouses, I'll have enough to give away. The abundance of the community and the scarcity of the few. Uh, one, one, one of the reasons poor people survive all around the world is primarily, primarily because of other poor people. Neighbors who themselves do not have very much, but who give what little they have. This is how community at its best works. St. John Chrysostom, the fourth bishop of Constantinople, said, feeding the hungry is a greater miracle than raising the dead. And I've come to believe he's right. That which we are capable of doing 
and refuse to do becomes the kind of mystery that is almost unfathomable, but it is. It's, 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 it, it says so much about us. And it says so much about what we really believe as a people of faith. The feeding, the hospitality is a sign, a wondrous sign of what God does with us, what God does through us, what God does for us. Still, like Herod, we are perplexed. How does it happen? How does this happen? I think one of our greatest challenges as the Christian church is the fear of finding ourselves in a hostile community or in a deserted place without the provisions to sustain us, even when we are living abundantly. What might we behold when we give ourselves to the living God's desire that we care for one another? Just believing that God will sustain us in this work. What might we behold? Because we have been sent with power and authority. We have it. You know, it's a terrible thing to have power and no authority. There's a great deal of frustration in that. You have the power, but people dismiss you because you really don't have any authority to exercise your power. And it's also a great frustration to have authority, but not to have any power. You are more of a figurehead. And though you uh, have the position and though you have the title, you really can't make anything happen. But Jesus sent them forth. Jesus sends us forth with power and authority. Power and authority. Power and authority. And with all of that, the one thing we don't have is excuses. It is my prayer for us that we come to know the joy of being sent forth, of being empowered and authorized, and come to anticipate the joy that awaits us. Amen.